The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome to today's episode of the Bright Side Podcast. My guest today is television personality and host of her own very successful podcast, Becca Tilly. Hi! (laughs) Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I wanted to have you on because I feel like you are kind of like my role model in so many ways. What? You are. Um, I just feel like you live life with so much integrity and you're sort of like, have you ever heard the expression, take no shit, but do no damage, I think is the expression. I feel like you embody that, like you're so good at being kind to everyone. And like, I I don't think anyone would ever (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're not the type of person who ever has enemies. Like you're a very kind person and, but you also like, don't take shit from anybody. And you're like very strong and you you stand for what you believe in, but you do it in a way with like so much integrity and grace. I just really admire you for that. And I thought it'd be cool to have you on here to let everyone else get to know you a little bit better. Wow. That was the nicest intro I've ever gotten. I'm like emotional. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice. I mean, I think going through like TV and having people give me their opinions on me, like not knowing me really gave me a thicker skin that I never had. I used to be someone who I'm still, I'm such a people pleaser to a fault, but I've realized that not taking shit from people doesn't mean that you're rude. It just means standing up for yourself. And that's not a negative thing. Like I always thought confrontation, any confrontation was bad. And I've realized that communicating and standing up for yourself is not a negative thing. It's a powerful thing. And it took a lot of years and actually going on a popular reality show and having social media where people can comment and say whatever they want with no repercussions for me to realize that it's not mean to stand up for myself. And I think I struggle with the exact same thing. And only more recently, like I feel for sure like I'm a few years behind you when it comes to handling these things, because I always used to just ignore And, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever anybody said anything negative, I'm like, well, okay, just, you know, that was my way of handling it because I also sort of felt like if I'm retaliating in some way or standing up for myself, like that's, I don't know, it just didn't feel, it felt like it wasn't nice or it wasn't, it kind of took away from who I was. But then what I realize now is that when you stand up for someone or something, it really just is you respecting yourself and even the other person, you know, like you Mm -hmm. have to create boundaries and you have to set guidelines for people to understand like that. It's just a matter of respect, really. I was so sensitive to comments and stuff. Like if, if I posted something and someone, even if they just tagged their friend and I thought it was in a way of like making fun of me or being mean, I just blocked them. And I'm like, at some point you, if someone's consistently trolling you, that's just the best way to just like block them. But I realized if I started responding to people and they actually realized that I was a human being and what their words affected people, a lot of times they would respond and be like, I can't believe you saw this. I'm so sorry. And in my mind, I'd be like, why would you? Of course I saw it. It's my, it's, I posted this photo. Like, of course I saw it. There's such a disconnect, I think, with people. And this, I mean, this messaging, people have been saying this forever, that like there's this disconnect between the general public and somebody who is more in the public eye where they almost seem to think that these people who are putting themselves out there 
are so disconnected from them that they there's no way they're taking the time to read. It's like a fantasy version of the person. Yeah. They don't think that they feel the same things or, you know, care what people say about them. And this kind of brings me to cancel culture, which is something I wanted to talk to you about because all of a sudden this week, I mean, I've been, you know, cancel culture has been a thing. Obviously, it's not something new necessarily, but I feel like in my life, I've just been hearing so much more about it recently. And just the other day, I don't know what exactly is going on. I don't know the story behind this, but I saw that Lily Reinhart had posted something about, you know, people who participate in cancel culture really need to think about their actions because you have a lot more power than you think, you know, and that Mm -hmm. somebody could end up killing themselves. It's really damaging to people's mental state. I think one of the biggest problems with cancel culture is just how effective it actually is. It really does work. And it's like, how do you combat something like that when it's actually working for the people who are doing it? I hate cancel culture. I think it's so damaging. And I think young people who are seeing it and participating in it are, I think it's really affecting how people think about themselves and how they um, see themselves. And it feels really scary to post anything with the fear of it offending someone enough to bring on this cancel culture. And I've always struggled with it because when I was younger, I probably said and did things that were so politically incorrect and so inappropriate, but I didn't know that it was wrong or that it wasn't like appropriate at the time. Right, like you're a great person, but you have made mistakes. Yeah. And I've done, th- I mean, there's just t- times of change. Like you watch shows, you watch friends. There's so many things that I kind of like cringe because I'm like, <laughs> that would not be funny now, you know? Right. And I think we all participated in thinking things were funny that maybe would be part of cancel culture now. And I read this quote one time. I can't, I think it was like, I found it on Glennon Doyle's page or something, but it was basically saying, if we don't give people room to grow, we're not going to go anywhere because I think we've all said or done things that we regret (laughs) now looking back. A hundred percent. I've grown so much, like even in just the last year, it's like, we can't expect people to stay the same. And if you if you cancel them for something they did so many years ago, there's no grace in that. There's no like growth in that. No, I mean, I literally know somebody who just fired someone who worked for them because they were under threat of being canceled if they didn't fire this person. And there was no evidence or anything that this actually, that anything they were accusing the person of had actually happened. But it was at such a it was such a risk to the person who was going to be canceled that they just went ahead and fired the person anyway, because they're like, I just this is not worth the headache and like the risk to the reputation if I don't fire them. And it has actual consequences on real people. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the thing is like, to your point, we are all just constantly changing and growing. I think the same thing. I'm like, things I said six months ago, I'd be so embarrassed by now. (laughs) And even if those weren't bad things, they are still so embarrassing. You know, like you just, you are constantly changing and we need to, I think that's what it is, is just becoming more of a forgiveness culture where it's like, sure, hold people accountable to their actions, but you don't need to like ruin their life for something that they might've been something they said off the cuff or they were joking or they just weren't educated on. It's funny because I'll get like a hundred comments and 99 of them will be, 
so nice and uplifting and encouraging and I'll get one mean or rude one. And I only think about that that's one. The one you know, that's the only one that sticks with you. Yeah. And I always, when I see cancel culture, like hashtags or whatever, I can't imagine that amount of comments coming at me that are all negative and being like, you know, people, people are so ruthless. It's like, kill yourself. They say things that are so beyond just being disagreeing or, you know, saying that you're wrong. It goes so much deeper and it's, it's really scary. Cause I think if I'm affected by one mean comment, I'm a happy person. I don't suffer from, you know, depression. I'm healthy mentally yeah. right now, knock on wood. And it and affects it's still me, affects one you. comment. Yeah. I was just talking with my therapist about this, actually, because for some reason, somewhere along the line, I was able to develop a thick enough skin that like when when strangers write comments, I it really doesn't phase me like I'm able to tune them out. But if somebody happens to hit on something that like I feel is true, it's probably just by dumb luck that they'll make a comment that actually hits home for me like hits one of my insecurities or whatever. And then same thing, like I will not, I cannot stop thinking about it. And it really does fuck me up, you know? I know, same. But I had someone just the other day, there's this one person on social media and I can tell it's, it's, they change their screen, their username all the time because I always block them, but then they'll change their name. But I can tell it's the same person because they say the same stuff every time and like Uh, design the same kind of graphics or whatever. And, uh, and also they don't really speak great English. So it's like, that's the other part of it. But, um, and they always are telling me to kill myself. And I'm like, my God, yeah, it's just constant. And I'm like, thank God. I am strong enough mentally that, I mean, I would never do that, but I, right. but you know, there are people who are not that way. You know, there are people who are really sensitive or who are going through really hard things and having someone say something so insensitive and unkind, you know, it could, it could tip someone over the edge. And like, that's what really scares me about cancel culture, because when you think about the demographic of who is participating in cancel culture. It's primarily young people. And mm-hmm. if they're doing that on social media, then it's trickling into the schools and, mm-hmm. you know, making its way down to young kids who are like doing something so minor in school and their peers are then canceling them. And that's so much more damaging to somebody whose brain is not, you know, fully developed and they don't have the capability of handling those kinds of things. I'm so happy I'm not in middle school or high school right now. Can you even imagine? I really can't. Like, they're so exposed to so much more than I I know I was in high school. And the comparison thing with social media, I mean, we had MySpace and, yeah, MySpace and Zanga. (laughs) But I like, yeah, that was a hidden gem. But (laughs) You know, it was just, it wasn't like this. And so I, I'm the same as you though. I, I really hate it. I don't know how it changes. I don't know what makes it change, but I was trying to film a TikTok today, which is truly a challenge at 31 years old. <laughs> and I was watching Charlie. I don't want to say her name wrong. Cause they'll cancel me, but Charlie, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, the, the, char- and, the Charlie, who's really big on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she posted a video saying she had comments at one point. It was like, oh, she's gained weight. She's thick, whatever. And then it went to, oh, no, you can see her ribs. Is she okay? It was kind of like, 
Which is I can't it? win. No. Yeah. And she's fifth. She just turned 16. Yeah. I mean, she's one of the biggest like public figures right now. I can definitely relate to that as well because I've sort of like, you know, just in navigating life over the past year, it's like if I leave photos up of like one of my exes, if I decide to keep these photos on my page, then it's because I'm like a fame whore and I want to use that person for attention. But if I take them down, mm-hmm. I'm petty and I need to get over it. You know, and I'm like, which <laughs> the fuck is it, guys? Like there's no winning no matter what you do. It's so true. You just have to laugh. Like at some point, I think that's what it is, is like you just have to realize like you got to make decisions for yourself, like whatever is best for you and tune these people out. But yeah, it's like a hater's world. I think that people like Selena Gomez, for example, I think has been doing a really good job of, for example, she put out a song about Justin Bieber, like whatever it was a few months ago, and people were Mm -hmm. bullying him and Haley. Haley. Yeah. Yeah. And And Selena said guys because she's got a massive fan base right and so Mm -hmm. if she wanted to use that for evil she could like just let it go and let them kind of have that these other people but instead Mm -hmm. she stood up and said hey I'm not going to stand for bullying other people don't do it I don't want you doing Mm -hmm. that on my behalf you know and Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of going to be the key is these people who have massive um, fan bases stepping up and just saying like thanks for your support, but I don't, this is not what I want to condone. It's just making it not cool, you know? Just like there have been so many campaigns against bullying. I mean, I agree though. It's going to take these like mega celebrities. It's just funny because you even saying that when I've gone on Haley or Justin's page and I see comments of people like saying negative things, I see Selena fans being like, no, like we're not doing this. Selena doesn't want us to do this. Like they listen to her. I know. know. These people have so much sway over their fans. And that's the thing is like just taking a second to step up and say, you know, like we're not trying to bully other people. It's just not necessary because that's the thing is they look to these people as an example. So I think I think that's going to be the key. And then also just good parenting. Like I, I was reminded as I was thinking about cancel culture, how every day when my dad used to drop me off at school, he would say, be kind to everyone you meet every single day, Mm. every day when I was getting out of the car and you're like, whatever dad. (laughs) Well, that's exactly what I was like at the time. I'm like, but how am I going to be cool if I'm being kind to everyone I meet? Cause like when you're in high school, it's like everybody's just talking shit all the time about other people, you know? But really as I got older, I started to think about that so much more and absorb it and have carried it into adulthood. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you were a kid, like, do you feel like a lot of your values now were instilled in you like by your parents or as you were growing up? Oh, yeah. I mean, my mom is just the sweetest little angel. And she I've always watched her just be so kind to everyone, you know. And I mean, I posted about this a while ago about how, you know, we focus so much on how we look and how our bodies are shaped. And that's not like what you remember. I actually was just thinking I want to I want to grab my phone because I want to read what you wrote. Okay. I had a moment the other day that really changed my perspective on how I view my physical appearance. I was thinking no one has ever impacted me by being beautiful or having a perfect body. It might get my initial attention or even be inspiring, but it's never been the reason I remembered them. I'm impacted by people for their kindness, their loyalty, their patience, their generosity, their vulnerability, etc. I've never said she changed my life because she was pretty and skinny. We spend so much time worrying about the thing that means the least to people. What inspired you to say that? 
(laughs) Well, funny enough, I had taken an edible and (laughs) I I, just become so profound. (laughs) I honestly, it's like, I take edibles if I'm like wanting to calm down and I take them before bed and then I just pass out. So I never really have that moment, but that night I did. And I was looking in the mirror and, you know, I'm in a relationship. I'm happy. I'm like, I have someone who thinks I'm beautiful, who tells me I'm beautiful all the time. And so all of a sudden I gained like 15 pounds and I had no idea because all of a sudden, oh, I, the reason I knew it's because none of my pants fit, but <laughs> I always had someone being like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. You're beautiful. So I never knew until like my clothes stopped fitting. But anyways, I was looking in the mirror, getting ready to take a bath. And I was like, oh. I kind of had this weird moment of being like, no one's going to care about me because I don't look like I used to look or like my clothes don't fit like they used to look like I don't want to have to filter and edit my photos so much. Like if that's not what I really look like, I was just having this like dumb, you know, vain battle. But we all do that. Yeah. And then I was like, but wait, what do people, I don't really feel like my, the people who follow me care about really what I look like. They might be like, Oh, you look really pretty. Your hair looks pretty or makeup, whatever. But I don't feel like that's where my impact is. Right. That's not what they're following for. Has anyone really impacted me by being beautiful or having a great body? I may look at them and be like, that's amazing. I would love to have like work and get that body. And that, that might be an initial thought, but I've never remembered someone or how they impacted my life because of that reason. And so this girl asked me in one of my question and answer things, she goes like, I really struggle with insecurities and my physical appearance. How do you deal with insecurities? And it was like the perfect timing because this is the day after. And I was like, it's fresh on my mind. We, We spend so many hours worrying about our physical appearance. And that's not what leaves a, an impact on anyone. No, it's so true. You're like, when you say I've never remembered some, like, I've never thought to myself, wow, she changed my life by being so pretty. It's so true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, she changed my life because she was a good friend to me, or she included me when I felt overwhelmed. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times I've been to social events where I felt so uncomfortable. And I remember someone who came up, like, I remember the person who came up to me and talked to me because I was, I felt out of place. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the girls who looked pretty standing in the corner talking, you know? I know. I I would say the same. I mean, I'm, I don't do well at social events like that. Cause I, I mean, I think like you, well, yeah, you and I like to find each other at events and like (laughs) attach. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, I mean, and it's hard and you're right. You, and those moments, because of things like that, when people have made an impact on me by doing those little simple things, like approaching me at an event, it's inspired me to do the same, you know? Yeah. Even just pick up the phone and call, or I'll give you an example. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging about myself when I say this, but, (laughs) but like, did you, do you you follow the um, account or are you familiar with the social, the account diet Prada on Instagram? I, I don't follow, but I'm familiar. Yeah. They're kind of like, the fashion industry watchdog where they like, you know, tell they kind of call brands out for knocking each other off. But they recently started this campaign kind of against Ariel Charnas. You know, Ariel something Navy. Oh yeah. 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 So Ariel was diagnosed with coronavirus and then she, Mm -hmm. after some amount of time, took her family out to their house in the Hamptons And people were like ripping her apart for her decision to leave her place in the city and go out to the Hamptons. Although 
I don't know the, the details of the story. I wasn't that invested in it. But what I did notice was that Diet Prada, which has like a very big following. So they're very influential in that space. Mm-hmm. And they were posting article after article and post after post. It was like under the guise of just calling out influencers for being responsible during the coronavirus, but it was specifically aimed at her. Mm-hmm. And I met Ariel several times over the years, like during Fashion Week in New York. And to be totally transparent, and I, I said this directly to her, so I don't mind saying it here. She's never been particularly like friendly with me. Like, I don't think she really likes me that much necessarily. But having said that, I was like, well, nobody deserves to be being attacked like this on social media anyway. You know, like, I don't care Mm -hmm. what she doesn't want to be friends with me. That's totally fine. Like, that's her business, you know, and like, I, Mm -hmm. whatever, that's okay. We can have our differences. But still, I mean, I've been in that sort of position where you feel like the whole world is kind of against you, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're being attacked kind of at a million angles. Like, I mean, she was being called out in the New York Times, in the New York Post, like being called a COVID idiot. Like it was like, she was like the poster child for what not to do for a few weeks during this whole coronavirus thing. And Mm -hmm. I just thought, you know, it does not like, no matter who you are, you do not deserve to be bullied by people. Like it's, again, it's like a cancel culture thing, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just not right. So I sent her a message and I literally said that. I was like, I know that we're not exactly like the best of friends, <laughs> but I, I mean, I don't know. I just wanted to be honest because I was like, I don't want her to think that I think we're better friends than we are or something. But <laughs> but I was like, I still just want you to know that like not everybody feels like you should be being attacked and like beat up on mm-hmm. by, in this situation, you know? And I feel like the only reason that I knew to do that was because of people reaching out to me and, and saying that because I remember like what an impact it had on me when like one person would just say, hey, you know, you're handling all of this really well or like, mm-hmm. you know, I hope you're doing okay. Like from an outside perspective, you look like you're really like you've got your shit together mm-hmm. or something. And I'm like, oh, thank God. It like, you know, it's not right. like the entire world against me in this moment. It's so true though. Like that, to be honest, whether she, whether y'all are friends, you know, develop a friendship, whatever, she'll n- probably never forget that. That shouldn't be such a big gesture to reach out and be kind, but sometimes it really is, especially when it's the unpopular move, you know, like in that situation, you were doing what was kind of like not cool because what was cool and I'm holding quotes up was bashing her and like being against her. So, yeah, I mean, I, I actually was so shocked by the number of people who were like liking the posts. Because it was like people who we know, you know, I'm like, guys, this is not cool. (laughs) Like, I I know, you know, because these are all women who are like very respectable, cool, smart women. And yeah, I mean, I think that it just really does take kind of being like the not cool one for a second to like. Yeah. I don't know. You that's the risk you got to be willing to take. Like, I don't want to talk about politics, but I'll <laughs> I'll defend I'll defend somebody who's being bullied all day. Well, and I, I think like if if you've gone through it, you can relate so much more to the pain that it causes. And to be honest, I mean, I remember seeing the articles and I didn't I mean, I was just kind of like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> you know, I didn't. It was just like, that's rough. But yeah, I mean, um, I think when it in the at first I saw it, I was like, oh, God, I would not want to be the target of Diet Prada. Like, that's like the first thing I thought. 
But then yeah. it like went on and on and it got to like the third post. And I was like, okay, this is now getting to the point that I feel like I would personally like want to die. You know what I mean? I was like, I would be like so mortified by how much, how, you know, this was just growing. Like, I feel like anyone can sort of handle one bad moment. You know, you're like, okay, just mm-hmm. like, like try to kind of like turn your phone off for a few days and like, we'll start yeah. fresh. But when it feels like it's continuing, it's rough. I mean, I'm sorry, but there's a difference in comments and then like massive publications picking it up. It's like, yeah, when it's like yeah. pressed all over. Yeah, exactly. Like if it's on your Instagram page, so be it. But like when right. when like the whole world is talking about it, like ugh, yikes, another whole other yeah. level. OK, I want to get into some of the rapid fire questions that I always ask on here. OK. And actually, this one I really wanted to ask you because I feel like like me, you like to rely on music as sort of like an outlet for, you know, like working mm-hmm. through your emotions or experiences you're going through. And I have a playlist that's like a feel good, happy playlist for my listeners to subscribe to if they want to start the day, their day with good music. So what's a song that you like to listen to that makes you feel uplifted or happy? Well, weirdly, it's not an uplifting song, but the beat is happy and fun, which is somebody else by 1975. I love um, that song. It's so good. It's like, oh, it's so good. Um, I also love Yellow by Coldplay. See, and, okay, uh, you're you're literally like listing off. These songs are not on that playlist, but there are, I was just listening to both of those songs earlier today. <laughs> and they're kind of random yeah. for us both to be listening to. Okay. Those are two of my favorite. And then um, my new favorite right now is I Know Alone by Haim. It's so good. I just put it on repeat. I love Haim. I Know Alone? Yeah, it's I Know, like K-N-O-W alone. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I'm going to add that to there. What would you say is your best quality as a friend? The only reason I'm comfortable saying this is because I've been asked enough times, like qualities about myself that I like, because it's a question that I, I just get so uncomfortable answering. Um, I know nobody but, wants to say like what their best quality is, but yeah. this is, you're not because it's what your friends would say is your best quality. My friends, I'm, I'm very generous. Like I always am happy to like take care of the bill at dinner or help someone who needs help financially or just like with anything. So I would say generosity. I would also say like just your sense of humor is so good. Like you're one of (laughs) easily, easily one of the funniest people I know between you and Allie, like that's like a two woman show. If you just like, you guys actually, I was thinking this the other day. So Allie and Becca have these very disturbing alter egos (laughs) called Randy and Klein. They're disturbing yeah. to me, but they're actually hilarious. <laughs> Why do they bother me so much? We've never really gotten to the bottom of that. I don't know. I feel like now it's come out that you have a crush on them. So now I feel like... Well, what did they do recently that made me have a crush on them? Well, I did a country music oh, video. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, because yeah. I have such a weakness for musicians. That's what it was. <laughs> Yeah, you love a musician. Yeah, Klein was like in a strong country role so makes yeah, sense that was hot so Klein's hot now yeah Klein's taking a turn yeah but you guys just cry you're like so funny and every time you do those skits even though I love to hate on them but I'm really joking because they're actually so good <laughs> maybe I'm know, just I, jealous I, re- I remember the first trip I went on with Foray at the time when I first met you and I just felt like so successful that because I thought y'all were all so cool and I I like made y'all laugh I can't I don't even remember what it was but y'all laughed I was like 
They think I'm funny. Oh my God. I'm in. That's so cute. <laughs> they like me. <laughs> Where's your favorite place in the world you've ever traveled? I went to Japan in December and it was like so magical. I cannot wait to go back because I, I normally travel to tropical places, which I love. I love being in like on a beach, just not wearing makeup, just chilling. <laughs> um, but Japan was such a change of pace and it was so eye-opening to a di- such a different culture than you know, what I'm familiar with. And so I just, I loved everything about it. I loved the food. The people were amazing. It was so clean. It was so beautiful. Everyone talks about how clean it is. I haven't been, but it's definitely on my list. I mean, I'm dying. Yeah. I mean, in the train station, the bathrooms were spotless. And I remember getting back to America and going to an airport bathroom and almost dying because it was so nasty. And they were like, (laughs) like, why can't we be clean? Yeah, we're so gross. (laughs) And we're so... It was my favorite thing that I, that I noticed was every time I go to a different country, they are trying and willing to speak English to help us out. Mm-hmm. But when, when people come to, to America, it's like, you're in our country, learn our language. Like we don't make any effort to be helpful. And so I, I was like, we're just kind of spoiled and we're gross. We're unclean. <laughs> <laughs> What what's something that you've witnessed recently that was really heartwarming? I I love TikTok even though I'm bad at making them, but I cry like pretty much daily from videos on TikTok. I get really emotional when people are kind to each other, which I don't know if that's sad because it shouldn't be so shocking when people are nice to each other, but sometimes just watching um especially young people that are in high school or something like I watched a video the other day where the kids um, all got money together and bought their janitor a new pair of shoes that he had been wanting or something like I could try talking about. It was just the sweetest. I, I don't know something about young people being so generous and thoughtful and kind when our main thought about them sometimes becomes like the cancel culture and they're rude and, you know, they're not they're not nice to each other. But there's really, there are really sweet ones, even if that's not on display all the time. Yeah. I mean, right after I posted that thing about cancel culture, my friend Sarni, who actually is one of the producers on this podcast, she sent me a video of her friend's two daughters and the, I saw you that. saw it. And yeah, the, so the one so daughter, just for so people listening know what I'm talking about. One daughter was saying like, this is an example of how to be kind. And then to her little sister, she goes, hi you want to be friends? And then they hugged each other. She said, okay, so that's one example. And it's so cute. And you know what? Honestly, that's what I was kind of getting at earlier. I was like, I think that's going to be the other step to just getting rid of cancel culture and like just online bullying in general is like parents just need to like step up and say to their kids, Mm -hmm. you know, like just it's Mm -hmm. that simple. Like just show them Mm -hmm. what it means to be kind. And the only thing that I feel like I would ever be disappointed by as a parent would be if I found out that my kid was the one who was like, not sitting with someone at lunch or like excluding people or in some way bullying them, you know? I feel like that's the one thing as a parent that I would feel like a failure if I didn't make an effort to teach my kids to like be be the one that goes above and beyond to be inclusive. I know. It's funny because talking about like going to social events and stuff, I'm always, if I'm alone or no one's there that I know, or I don't get a plus one, which really stresses me out. (laughs) I, um, (laughs) I always have to remember that pretty much everyone in the room probably feels the same way I do about feeling like uncomfortable and out of place. So 
if I make an effort to introduce myself most of the time, it's such a great conversation. I end up like making a new friend or, you know, just having someone that's kind of like a buddy for the night. And we always think like, well, what will they think of me? Will I get rejected? But worst case scenario, they'll probably be fake nice and then walk away. I know. I sometimes get in my head because I'll think like somebody thinks something bad of me. And then I'm like, why do, why am I projecting that on that person? Like, I have no idea what they're thinking. And then usually when I do interact with them, they're totally nice and it's fine. You know, I know. I always think like, oh, I bet they wish they were talking to someone cooler. And then I'm like, I'm cool and I'm funny and I can at least get a conversation. So if we have a conversation, they want to go to someone else, that's fine, but it doesn't take away who I am. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's such a good point. I have the same sort of problem where I don't, I think you never, most people probably don't consider themselves cool at all. Like I still wouldn't sit here and say that I'm cool. But the other day I had to review my bio because of some project that we were working on and I read it and I was like, damn, I've actually done a lot. Like I sound cool in my bio, you know? (laughs) So I'm like, maybe, maybe I don't need to like be so hard on myself, you know? I feel like it's actually a good exercise for, for people to like sit down, write out all the things you've accomplished over the course of your life. And it's going to be so much more than you remember, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. you just kind of these things happen and then you forget about them and you're like, well, who am I? What am I even doing with myself? Especially during yeah. quarantine where we're kind of stuck. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like losing followers left and right. I'm like, God, no one cares anymore. And then I'm like, what am I? What? Just- I lose followers all the time too. I think that's a thing. I, I was talking with Jenny um, Cipolletti about that, who has the blog Margo and me, because she's so incredibly talented and works her ass off. She has the same problem. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Like and you just saying that made me feel so much better too. Cause I feel like it's just the way it is. I don't know. It's like people are just kind of getting over Instagram, but that's fine. I know. Part of me is in my head. I'm like, when was the last time I actively followed someone? I can't even remember. So I don't know. You know, it's just we get in our heads because we there's so much value put around that when it really isn't. I mean, it's different. I think when you're that's kind of. I mean, it's a big way of how I make a it's living. It's your career, so, right? So it is important, but in the long run, <laughs> yeah, like in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> okay, well, I know I've had you for a while, and I don't want to keep you forever, but I just have a couple more, two quick things. When you're going through a hard time. What is, or if somebody else is going through a hard time, I should say, what's something you would recommend that they do to get through it? I've recently realized that the, I think the most important thing people can do is let themselves feel what they're feeling. Cause I think a lot of times we try to just distract and sweep things under the rug and we don't get to feel it. And then it ends up showing itself later on. Everything takes time to process and get through like sometimes all like going through a breakup. The only thing that helps is time. I would say most of the time that's the case. And I think a lot of people forget that it's okay to feel sad and it's okay to feel down and it's okay to feel like rejection because we're all human beings. But I think spending time with your friends, if you break up with someone, your friends should be there as your support system and they should be ready to take any call, any FaceTime, you know, be there for you. And I think you really need to reach out to those people. I'm really bad at being like vulnerable and asking for help. Like if I'm sad or need just support. I think that's hard Um, for a lot of people. Yeah. I think we all want to seem like we're just okay all the time, but it's okay to not be okay. And 
watch movies, listen to music. I love to go on drives and listen to music when I'm feeling like off or down, go on a walk. I love your post about the flowers and yeah, it's just like finding ways to kind of not overwhelm yourself with distractions because then you're not processing. But like, right. yeah, for me going on a drive and listening to music is like the best form of therapy. But I will say yeah. like, even with the breakup that I went through in the fall, I was like, I swear to God, I didn't cry for probably like four or five months about it, even though I was so heartbroken mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. hurt and sad. But I don't know, there was like this wall up. And then when I finally did cry about it, I felt so relieved, you mm -hmm. know, like it makes a really big difference when you just kind of let yourself feel like you said, feel the emotions because otherwise you're just bottling them up and they don't, yeah. they actually stay in you, you know? It's true. I mean, sometimes you just got to look in the mirror and watch yourself cry. I love that dramatic effect. Just seeing what my face looks like watching <laughs> tears go down. <laughs> and then it's like, and then go get like your favorite meal and, or have your favorite dessert. It's just no matter what you're not, even the distractions, they, they will help because you're taking your mind off of it. But that feeling's always going to be there until eventually time Right. You're right. Time is, time is the real key. Yeah. One of the purposes of this podcast is to try to help others in some positive way. And so I like to ask each of my guests if there's someone in their life who's either going through something difficult or has just really been there for you or like been a support system or someone really positive in your life who you would want all of us listening to today to like send positive energy or thoughts to. Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, I just think of all of my friends who are just so wonderful to me. I just feel so lucky. And I would say my my best friend who's a co-host on my podcast, Tanya, not that she's struggled just like with, you know, how everyone's kind of struggling during the quarantine. But yeah, I, I just always want to give back what she's given to me as a friend because she's just always there. And I'm, I sometimes like she FaceTimes a lot and I don't like to FaceTime. So I feel like sometimes I don't <laughs> do as much for her as she does for me. So that would be the person that I want to encourage. All right. Tanya Rad. She seems so cool, by the way. I don't know how the hell I haven't met her up to this point. Yeah. How? Well, now that we have competing podcasts, I'm going to be coming for you guys with the People's <laughs> Choice Awards this year. <laughs> Listen, we're a two-peat uh, repeat winning podcast. I know. So. Congratulations. That is so epic. Thank you. It's really fun. I'm like really happy for you starting this. I love what the podcast is about too. Thank you. I mean, yours is for sure a lot funnier than mine, but you know, there's, cool. there's space for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited now. Like maybe I'll get to go to the people's choice awards at some point. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I was in the same room with Jennifer Aniston last year. So that was really just my main focus. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, where can our <laughs> listeners find you? Scrubbing In is your podcast. So Scrubbing In with Becca Tilly and Tanya Rad. It's on, it's anywhere where you can listen to podcasts. Um, Instagram is Becca Tilly. I'm on Twitter, but I just linger. <laughs> and then TikTok, I think it's Becca Tilly 5, but also struggle bus. But. <laughs> well, we've all got to see this TikTok that you created now. Like now I'm dying yeah, to know what it is. Go comment, like, subscribe. <laughs> well, thank you for doing this with me. I miss you. I can't wait till we can hang out again in real you. life. I know. Enjoy your little foster pup. Give him lots of love. I will. He's sleeping right next to me right now. So precious. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you soon. Right. Have a good day. You too. Bye.